Hellraiser 2022 is the 11th film in the franchise, and the first real attempt in over 20 years to bring it out of the depths of direct-to-video hell. Today we discuss the film's style, characters and Cenobites, and hopefully answer the question, did they finally make another good Hellraiser? Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter, I am joined as always by Tim. Hello. <laughs> Alright, uh, this is a horror movie podcast everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, we get together, we talk about horror movies, it's that simple, it is October, we have many <laughs> movies to talk about, and today Ooh. we are looking at the new, and in parenthesis, 11th, Hellraiser movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did all ten previous films. Uh, we started mm-hmm. like three years ago, and we have gradually chipped away at the franchise. Mm-hmm. And we have the new one that we've, we've been anticipating. That they've been hyping it yeah. up. It's actually a real movie again. It's not some, you know, fifty dollar direct to video, <laughs> cheaply made thing that might have not mm-hmm. even started as a Hellraiser movie. This has actually been in the works as a Hellraiser movie. Uh, straight to streaming, sure. <laughs> yeah, but straight to streaming, sure. But you know, at least that's not a big a deal. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad in this day and age. You know, yeah. we just got. Adam Sandler makes straight to streaming movies all the time. Not the example I would have used. Um, <laughs> you know, we just got Prey from Hulu as well uh, in August, <laughs> and that was that was a great new Predator movie. So, no reason why this can't be a great new Hellraiser movie. And <laughs> if if nothing else, the bar was pretty low going in because the last <laughs> seven or eight, depending on <laughs> your perspective, uh, have been terrible <laughs> to downright <laughs> some of the worst things you may have ever seen. Yeah, I mean, they might as well have been coming from uh, Salem's Lot. What? <laughs> it was, well, you know, because of Barlow. Because there's a character in Salem's Lot named Barlow. I've never he seen said Salem. The, the bar was so low. So I, my, never... Everyone understands this. It's a I've very never seen clever... I, I've never Every, seen no, Salem's no, 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 Lot. Don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Salem's Law. Not read right, the book. Even if you haven't seen it, you know through osmosis pop culture, you easily understood that reference. <laughs> I did not understand that reference. I don't know who Barlow is. <laughs> what are you talking about? You madman. <laughs> so yes, new Hellraiser. So well, you'll know next year when uh, Gary Doberman's <laughs> Salem's Lot comes out. No, mm, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we're here to talk about the new Hellraiser film. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Hulu film directed by David Bruckner, who of course has uh, uh, The Ritual and The Night House on uh, DVD under his belt. Oh. <laughs> he probably has copies of them lying around, sure, yes. Um, and now, Do you think at any point that they were like being strongly urged to call this Hulu Razor? <laughs> <laughs> whoever shot it down was a brave person a brave and noble person who deserves to be cherished as a hero quite frankly <laughs> so yes new hellraiser film 
premise is pretty straightforward. Uh, we'll get into it in a second, but we will start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unlike the last eight movies, you probably care if this is spoiled for you because <laughs> it's like a proper movie. <laughs> um, so we'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. Uh, basic setup is a girl named Riley uh, with a drug problem and alcohol problem mm-hmm. um, ends up in possession of the Lament configuration and her brother is cut by it and disappears. So it's about her kind of searching for the answers and trying to find if she can get her brother back. And the other characters around her kind of get, you know, sucked into the story as it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is, that's the basic gist of it. Um, you know, that this, if you know the Hellraiser in general, you know that the Cenobites kind of come after you if you open the box, the, the limit configuration. And obviously the Cenobites in here. Notably, we have a new pinhead uh, who's actually just credited mm-hmm. as the priest, I noticed, um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the credits. So... That's the basic setup. We've got a whole host of Cenobites to talk about as well. So we'll get into all that. You're kind of forgetting the biggest part. <laughs> What's the biggest part? The movie takes place over several days. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the most pertinent <laughs> detail that new audience members might need to yeah. know. But don't you think that's interesting? Like people might want to know about that? No? <laughs> I thought that was a big deal. Oh, God, Tim's having one of these nights. All right. Uh, <laughs> Once they were, like, going into, like, another day, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This Okay, this doesn't take place in one night. <laughs> okay, interesting. I'm fairly certain the original Hellraiser <laughs> also took place over several days. I know. It, it was a nod to the original. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I'm asking you the question, so you're going to have to actually give me a serious answer for a change. What did you think of the new Hellraiser? Uh, so it's interesting. I actually kind of went through uh, a whole range uh, of emotions. I watched this on Friday night, a little late for me. I started it probably about 9.30 or like 10, which a lot of people are probably like, that's nothing. But uh, hey, when uh, you know you have a kid and uh, a full day job and you have to get up early and uh, you don't sleep a lot, that sometimes can be kind of late. Um, so I'm watching it late at, at night and, um, like you said, we had, you know, just fairly recently, we just watched the last one and then just, yeah, over the several you know, months and years, we've been going through all the sequels, which are notably of a very low quality. So as I'm watching this movie, I'm like astounded. I'm like, this is so good. Like, oh my God, I can't believe we're watching a Hellraiser again that has like money in it and it like looks great and it's like so cool and like it, it actually has like a Hellraiser story and like... And, and, you like don't, oh. and you don't just mean that you see people holding money in the movie. Like the money's right, right, been yes, spent yeah. on it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like I... And so I'm, I'm very tired as, as, as I'm watching it, which um, I actually ended up watching it again today because... Uh, I want to make sure I got everything because I, I do think I, I was like nodding off towards the end. But yeah, like after that first night, I was like, wow, this is great. And then the next morning, I was talking to a friend about it. And it's one of those things where, you know, I was like riding high on it. And then as I was talking to a, a friend, like he was a little bit more negative, And then we we're talking about some of the things that we didn't like. And it's just one of those things where you get into the conversation like, oh, actually, yeah, that was kind of bad. And like, oh, yeah, that part was kind of stupid. And yeah, I didn't like that. And so as, as I'm kind of, uh, uh, having a bit more time to think about there's uh i am actually kind of a, a mixed bag on this i think the the strengths are you know like i just said uh it you know it actually has money going into it which you know it, it it's really hard to 
overstate just how bad these later day sequels like you know in terms of every aspect like you know the quality the production value you know the story the acting so just the mere fact that this you know actually had like some effort and care put into it like it really really automatically like elevates it and, and like makes it get a little extra love uh for me but um yeah i think the big takeaways though are i i do think it's a very pretty movie um maybe a little too dark at times but i don't know if that's like a weird trend or if i need to adjust something on my tv because i feel like everything lately has just been like so dark and it's hard to uh like watch stuff um in my house but um but i mean that aside though i think you know bruckner uh is a very good filmmaker like at least you know visually he has a an aesthetic that you know usually looks quite well uh so i thought this is you know a very good looking movie you know it sounds good uh it is very heavy on like the kind of lore around like the cenobites and the box and everything so you know i i think that kind of gets away from you know uh what makes like a, a good hellraiser movie because like you know the the cenobites were never really supposed to be like you know the center attraction uh they're very captivating so i understand the you know appeal of wanting to make a movie that centers uh, around them so i i get that i'm not like you know super uh upset about that and I, I do find that every instance when the cenobites are on screen uh at least for maybe the first you know three-fourths of the movie or so because uh, uh I, I think a lot of my nitpicky stuff is going to be towards uh, the end of the film, but uh, a lot of like the early appearances with them, I, I found very captivating and creepy and atmospheric, and they looked cool. I kind of missed, you know, some of them were like more like outfits. Like I feel like a lot of this, they seem more like, you know, is less like about the big crazy like, you know, um, BDSM like leather kinky outfits, and instead it was more just kind of like their bodies and being very uh, like kind of modified and like pierced and stuff but uh but they still look good i thought and uh you know they were cool but then i don't know there's just parts of the story that i think are like kind of bad and honestly kind of dumb uh like the more i think about it so uh yeah i don't know uh I, again it's just kind of a weird mixed bag for me um i don't know if i'm coming in a bit more negative than people i feel like a lot of people were you know at least for some of the reactions i've seen were a bit more positive but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a very pretty good looking movie that has some high points, but also just, I don't know, some stuff that just kind of made me go like, eh, that's not that great. Interesting. So. <laughs> Mixed bag. <laughs> what are you expecting to hear from me? Like, do you have like a, a notion of what I'm going to say? Uh, honestly, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued because I think. You know, uh, we didn't review Nighthouse, but, you know, we did mention it on even more screams. Uh, and that was something that you uh, that you liked. But I, I think, you had, like you said, you had a few problems with it. But, you know, overall, you liked it. And, you know, I, I think we were both um, it's been a while since we did it. But I think we both fairly liked the the ritual. Mm -hmm. I forget if one of us liked it more than the other. But I think we were both pretty, you know, pretty hyped on it. So I so I feel like you're a fan of Bruckner. Um, and obviously, <laughs> you know. I think you'd be crazy if you didn't think this was a huge step up from like, you know, the past seven or eight sequels <laughs> that we reviewed. <laughs> so I, I'm sure that's going to have to, you know, you know, carry it in, in its, uh, you know, its favor for you. Um, but yeah, honestly, like, you know, uh, other than that, though, I, I don't know. Uh, I could see you honestly going either way. <laughs> How are you going to feel about it? 
So, I sat down to watch it, and I, I was actually gobsmacked. I, I thought I was sitting down to watch it um, with time to spare, and when I started mm-hmm. it, I realized, oh no, wait, it turns out I'm going to finish this within like a minute of when we're supposed to start recording, because it's two hours long. <laughs> like, okay, all right. All right, okay, movie. You have to earn this two hours now. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're starting me off on this, like, oh. like prove yourself attitude. <laughs> you know you probably have at least a 10, 15 minute window, because I'm usually finishing true, eating true, or true. <laughs> when we record <laughs> no that's true like i actually did end up having 15 minutes but i, I thought i'd be like oh i could sit and play like a, a, a video game or something uh, when i'm done but um well, that's yeah. why you let me uh go go long you usually cut me off but you wanted me to ramble so you could get your thoughts in order <laughs> no i just I, I was curious as to like how you felt because i feel like we're coming into this movie especially with such a a loaded history because it really has been nothing but shit for seven entries i would say i actually kind of yeah. like hellraiser 3 i think it's kind of a silly movie but i kind of yeah. enjoy it for the dumb fun that it is um yeah. i i think after that there is this like very sharp rapid decline into just like bottom of the barrel like worse than other franchises Absolutely. you know i i think the last seven of these or maybe at least the last six mm. are worse than just about any Halloween movie. And I dislike some of those a lot. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I think we mentioned on another episode, but, like, I would gladly take, I think, almost any, like, Halloween movie versus, you know, almost any of these uh, yeah, I, I would sequels. Watch, I would watch Halloween 6 seven times than watch Halloween's yeah. 4, or sorry, Hellraiser's 4 through 10 again. Like, I, I genuinely would. Yeah, I, I think part of it is like, you know, Friday the 13th and uh, Halloween, like, you know, the later sequels that are bad, they're still entertaining in a fashion uh, where like the Hellraiser sequels are just painful to get through. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's tough. It's a chore. <laughs> so, yeah, got in with these thoughts, hoping for the best. Um, curious to see what it was going to do with the mythology and how it was going to play with it. And... I I didn't really like it that much. Oof. I, okay. <laughs> um, there's obviously things that are blanket just better than the last seven, and it's easily mm-hmm. the you know better than those last seven, right? And I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to put it above three. I've even seen some people say they, they put it above two. Um, mm-hmm. I I think this has more money and it's much slicker looking. But it actually mm. falls into some of the traps that I would say some of the other sequels do, bizarrely. And, Interesting. You know, I'll be honest, I could tell David Goyer was involved in writing it because <laughs> it's, it's, it feels kind of generic in places. I think yeah. some of the acting is pretty bad, um, I think. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, okay. I mean, the main girl's okay, but I think some of this, like her brother, I think, like mm. most of his scenes, I thought he was pretty rough. Uh, mm-hmm. particularly when he was trying to be emotional or anything like that. Because, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, I would say for me, uh, I honestly, I, I thought most of the performances were pretty good. Um, I, I guess, um, I, I don't think the brother bothered me, actually, but, um, yeah, the a lot of the problems I have are mostly with, like, the story and the themes it's kind of trying to say, but um, I, yeah, I actually thought the performances were kind of a strong point in my opinion no fair enough fair enough but, um i, I maybe think like especially I, like the cenobites and stuff like i thought i think it's too long good. i'll say that right it's oh, too I, long 100% agree, and i yeah. like i absolutely i was trying to like stay into it and i was trying to stay involved 
but like the first half of it is kind of fallen into investigative crap again like a lot of the other sequels Mm -hmm. and there's kind of like extended you know back-to-back sequences of going to interview someone about what's going on and then googling Mm -hmm. someone about what's going on and then going and finding all of their research (sighs) and paging through that and like so like there's a there's a good like 30 minute section probably from about like the 30 minute to the hour mark something in that range where i'm just like you're just doing a series of things that bore the crap out of me in horror movies and the original hellraiser is such a unique film and it's such a unique story that mm-hmm. is and i wasn't expecting this to capture that magic completely again don't get me wrong but i still mm-hmm. felt like this was just this was playing into some really generic tropes as it was going it just happened to be about researching the the, you know, the lament configuration and the cenobites mm-hmm. and so on the cenobites themselves i think look good to a point i do think they mm-hmm. almost went a bit too far in that their bodies are so modified and like sort of like designed like their skins like got patterns in it and stuff like how yeah. they're like right to the it's... point where it just kind of felt like it looks like you're wearing like a like a like a weird space suit like or like an alien's <laughs> skin or yeah. something like, rather than a cenobite um that's so, why, like i miss the clothes like i yeah. wish you know they're wearing like their long like black jackets and stuff like yeah less is a bit more sometimes i, I think mm-hmm. um and I do appreciate that it's mostly makeup. There's a bit of CG here or there for, you know, things that you mm-hmm. can't do without. But um, I appreciate that. My problem with the Cenobites, though, is that at a certain point in this movie, in the back half, they turn into generic horror movie kind of villains almost, where they're stalking people and they're, they become... I won't quite say slasher villains, but... <laughs> the Cenobites the were never really the villains of Hellraiser. That was never right. really what they mm-hmm. were, but they kind of turned into that because people thought they were cool and they wanted to make the, mm-hmm. the pinhead specifically the the Michael Myers or the Jason of the franchise, and mm-hmm. that's just never really what what it was. So it was really disappointing to me as the movie kind of turned into like a siege movie, even though I typically like that mm-hmm. plot divide. Like I I love like siege, Night of the Living Dead style like plots are great, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason why they work so well. But when it started to kind of turn into that with Cenobites at a certain point, and I won't say anymore because like, I don't want to spoil anything, I just kind of like... the Because f- there's a few good creepy visuals with them before that, I would say. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a couple of just good st- standalone moments with them. But once mm-hmm. it kind of started to bring them in more and more, and it kind of just felt like they were just hanging around waiting at times, I'm like, all of the mystique of what these are, um, I just it kind of kind of fell apart for me. So even they, though there, there was more gore and action, I suppose, if you mm-hmm. want to call that, in the last, like, half hour, at, at that point, I felt like it was just, like, it was trying to turn them into just something more generic, and I just, I felt all the mystique of Hellraiser was just out there. And I already had kind of a problem with mm-hmm. it. To a certain extent, you can't really recapture how the first Hellraiser felt, and I didn't necessarily yeah. expect them to. But while this obviously looks much better than all the other sequels, it, I'd almost say it's too slick as well. Like it feels too clinical and like too much like a like a standard modern movie. Does that make sense? No, I agree because when I watched it today, I actually watched uh, the the first Hellraiser as well, and then like oh, I watched okay. like this one right after it. And yeah, uh, so it's it's very strange. Like there is like a like a mystique they're just not able to recapture. Um, and I don't know if it's because, yeah, the first one is so unique or if people just don't seem intent on trying to get that kind of same, like, feel or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. There's, I, I have a lot to say about it. Like the one thing I was talking to my friend about, which I'll I'll give them credit because they kind of you know came up with this take. But I I do kind of tend to agree with them. Is they felt like this movie seemed like weirdly conservative, like for a Hellraiser movie, like because you know like the first movie, it's so it feels like it's like so taboo and mm. like you know it's all about like you know seeking like sexual pleasure at any cost and like you know like what like how far will you go to experience new forms of pleasure and stuff um and this like yeah it, there's just like nothing like that like it feels like rather tame there, you there's know? one thing they're trying to do which i'll save for spoilers uh mm-hmm. which i understand the intent of it but i don't think it, it works well in the film mm-hmm. and i think it's been done better than, yeah. other, than other movies of not other hellraiser movies just other movies in general and uh, so I want to say, like, you're talking about how, uh, yeah, the Cenobites losing their, you know, kind of bite uh, in, like, the last half. Like, They're just Seno yeah, now. They're just Seno. Yeah, yeah just Seno. <laughs> uh, you know, towards, like, this last section of the film. Uh, and, yeah, I have a, I, I agree. And I, uh, there's a lot I want to say, but, like, I have to, like, save it for spoilers. But I guess, like, mm. uh, I'll say they, not only like, do they lose their mystique, but they also lose, like, their, like, they feel... A lot less threatening in in this. They feel um, they feel neutered. They feel they feel like they're not that much of a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Like they you know, they kind of like find a, a way to fight them that I think is really stupid and makes them just seem like a lot less threatening. And it's like, well, I think that's the problem. Oh, that's all you have to do. <laughs> Regardless <laughs> like, of what you're doing in your Hellraiser movie, I don't think people should ever be fighting the Cenobites. No, no, no. Yeah, it, yeah, they're not supposed to be. Yeah, like these video game bad guys, like like that you have to face. And like the one thing that kind of really upsets me with, um, you know, that no sequels are really have really, uh, you know, tried to get from the first movie, uh, that I think makes the Cenobites like so, you know, creepy and unique and weird is and stuff is that they're not, you know, like when they come to take you away, it's not because like you messed up, you did something wrong, you are bad. It's like, you know, they're coming because, like, you know, they're going to, like, give you so much pleasure, which, like, they're going to make you experience new, like, forms of, uh, like, sensation and pleasure, which to them is, like, you know, these pushing you to the limits of, like, pain and what the human body can do. But, you know, to them, it's not like they're trying to, you know, they're not supposed to be, like, you know, uh, like ironic hell demons that are like, you know, like, oh, you're bad. So you are you sinned. So like, here's your punishment, which, you know, it feels like that's what a lot of the sequels like end up trying to do. It's like, no, like mm-hmm. they're these weird cosmic like alien beings that just have these like weird ideas about like sensation and feeling and pleasure. And like they actually think they're doing a good thing, like when, you know, you summon them and they come for you they're like no like you're coming with us and we're gonna like teach you like all these new things that is like terrifying for a human and like there's this weird you know otherworldly uh like connotations to that that just you know all all the sequels just end up kind of turning it into um yeah they're like these bad demons and they're here to get you like you know and which is kind of like what it felt like in this movie i did like that they um weren't really like specifically like referencing like hell and the devil and stuff like they were kind of keeping it a little bit more ambiguous like felt like a little more cosmic like alien being kind of thing like they, they mentioned stuff about being like oh like we you know we're the explorers of sensation or whatever like they say in the movie so i, I like that they did kind of keep that and like weren't trying to be so christian heaven and hell kind of thing in it but they still kind of act the same way where it's like oh yeah they're here 
to punish you and they want sacrifices like you know instead of being like the oh like you know we're here to teach you about this uh like these new sensations and stuff which is uh i think is a lot more freaky but yeah yeah and one of the things you said uh about how it's kind of tame or feel it doesn't feel like it's pushing boundaries i think mm-hmm. what's weird about that is that I'm, I'm thinking specifically about the very last scene which obviously we won't spoil uh, just now but <laughs> yeah, let's spoil it <laughs> no 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 but, but it's it's so like it's funny because technically if you actually just describe what's happening and what you're they're showing what you're seeing on the screen it is doing something extremely viscerally violent but it does it feels tame it feels like it's trying hard but it feels too like fabricated and i saw someone online uh, say that terrifier 2 which we've not seen yet and we're going to looking forward to covering oh, yeah. when we can mm-hmm. but that is like makes this look like childish in comparison <laughs> and well that should sound like insane if you were talking about the first hellraiser i feel like with this mm-hmm. one i'm like yeah i can believe it because I, I think terrifier yeah. one's got more intense stuff in it than this does um did you see like i don't know it might be you know, overhyping viral marketing kind of stuff. But do you see, like, there have been reports of people passing out I or throwing up? I did see that, yeah. <laughs> and, like, obviously horror movies have claimed that before, but, like, these are, like, TikToks of people, like, outside with, like, uh, medical personnel, like, seeing yeah. to them yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> I'm ready yeah. to be loud. <laughs> uh, so, looking forward to Terrifier 2. But I think what, what what baffles me is that most movie franchises are guilty of just repeating the plot of the first one. If for mm-hmm. some reason Hellraiser has never done that, it repeats the plot of like one of the later yeah. ones a lot, but it doesn't repeat <laughs> the plot of the first one. Um, and maybe that's like a good thing. But part of that I think is because they just because it's such an unconventional story. The first movie, like none of them even mm-hmm. want to try. None of them want to try and even do their version of it. They just do other things instead. They do oh it's a it's a Jacob's Ladder style thing with a corrupt cop. Yeah, and Pinhead shows up at the end. <laughs> like that, that, that's like what some of the sequels are. Um, I mean, so. yeah, like because it, it's so funny because like you know, most people probably forget that like the Cenobites aren't even like the real bad guys in the first movie. It's you know no. Frank, Frank's you the know? bad guy. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's Frank and Julie. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Julia and, and stuff and, like. And there is kind of a human villain in this one too, but you kind know, of, yeah. it's, it's not. <laughs> He's not, he's not the the worst of the worst, right? And in the second yeah. movie as well, the main villain, which to be fair, you know, Hellbound, I don't think it's as good mm-hmm. as the first one, but it, it does have a lot of good things in it. And again, that yeah, central like, idea mm-hmm. that a human is the main villain is yeah. is carried forward, you know? Man is yeah. the real monster, something, something. And I, I get it because, like, the, you know, the Cenobites in the box, they are so visually compelling and... uh you know attractive that you i i understand you know wanting to see more of them and thinking like that's the way to go with you know other movies and stuff but i, I feel like it's just proven like time and time again that you know it, it just i don't know it, they're just better in small doses like the, yeah. the more you get of them the too much more they lose their mystique yeah yeah too much dessert that's, that's kind of what i felt like by the time we got to the end of this i just felt like okay we're just mm-hmm. we're having these scenes where all these cinebates are stalking characters down like halls and stuff and it's just yeah this mm-hmm. uh, this is something else this isn't really hellraiser despite the fact that you, you've got the the visuals of the the, the box and the, the cinebates like it, it, yeah. it, you're playing it like something else uh so it's largely just kind of underwhelming and generic it's not the worst mm-hmm. thing ever by any means i think 
It's just a dull, overlong, kind of bloated, maybe even slightly self-indulgent movie. And mm-hmm. that's a shame. And I think when you add on the fact that you're hoping for something decent after all these shit sequels, the fact that I mm-hmm. feel this, like, deflated by it, even though the the past, like, seven movies set the bar so goddamn low, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite sad in a weird way. Even though it's definitely much better than all them, it is. But it's it's also yeah. nothing that good either. Mm. I, I'm just trying to think, like, would you... Not exactly the same, but would you see? Would you say it's maybe a little bit comparable to like how you felt after seeing Halloween twenty eighteen? Um, I mean, maybe a little. I think you know, there's some differences here. Obviously, I'm much more attached to Halloween as like a mm-hmm. franchise, and like I, I feel like it's possible to do a good Halloween sequel. Whereas I'm not, I'm convinced at this point that maybe Hellraiser's just kind of off the table. Um, it really should. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I understand the, the notion to make more movies, but honestly, this could have very easily been a standalone movie. Like that mm-hmm. really doesn't need to be a franchise as much as I love, you know, the first movie and, you know, even the second movie. And again, you know, to points the you know third and fourth, but, um, it's all very unnecessary. Like the first movie is really all you need. And if that's which, all we ever got and it would have been fine. Yeah. I wish to be fair is also true of how, even though I really like a couple of the Halloween sequels, like the first one on its sure. own is all mm-hmm. you really need. It's all you ever needed. Yeah. It's, you know, it's this, this is clearly the best one. And it's, you know, it's a masterpiece. Uh, and with Hellraiser, <laughs> you know, yeah, the first movie is this great standalone movie that is so, uh, innovative and does so many distinctive things that I, I, I can't mm-hmm. even, you know, it, it, like nothing could sort of live up to it, really. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's kind of a shame. Like, and it's the sort of thing where I sort of realized about maybe forty minutes in, I was starting to feel mm-hmm. a little dull and bored, and I was starting to not like. I was having a hard time paying attention to mm-hmm. it. And then it I was, mean, that's why I you know had to. I I wanted to make sure to watch it the second time because yeah. yeah, first time. Granted, it, I was very tired when I was watching it, but still, like, I kept nodding off, and you know, it's. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I was going to say that it, that it kept committing more sins of things that I just mm-hmm. I didn't like very much. And then by the time you get to that last like half hour or so, I'm like, it just like devolved into something that did not feel like, it, it just, I don't know, mm-hmm. it became this generic horror movie that I just don't think is really that Hellraiser and, mm-hmm. or, or not, or not, wasn't really that good on its own either, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it really sucks. I mean, I, I don't think we're too far off from one another's opinions. Maybe I'm a little bit more positive, but um, yeah, no, it, it's, it was still like pretty underwhelming. And uh, again, it, it stinks because I think Bruckner is a good direct director. And like, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I can't really fault, like in terms of like, you know, the look like I thought it. Uh, and again, like, uh, yeah, I think a large portion of it is we've just been so used to these horrible Hellraiser <laughs> sequels that just look uh, and sound like horrible and, you know, like story stuff aside, I don't know, I think it, a lot of the heavy lifting for some of my initial enjoyment of this was just the fact that like, well, thank God that we're getting a movie that doesn't look like it was made for like a hundred bucks on like a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, but yeah, it, it, it's one of those ones that, just the more I sit with it, the more I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was that great, especially when I compare it to the first one and then, 
yeah, the more I kind of think about some of the story beats that I just really didn't like, uh, the especially biggest... like the ending. I, I think I think I was more happy with like the first half or so, but kind of once they get to the let's say I don't know, like I guess like the kind of the final area when when things are like yeah. ramping up, there's a lot of stuff I I didn't like that they were doing. Yeah, I mean the biggest indictment I can give it is that for the last like 30 minutes which is supposed to be the most exciting action-packed 30 minutes i was like I, I can't wait for this to end like i actually <laughs> there was a point where i looked i checked the time and it was just over 80 minutes in and i went how is there 40 minutes of this left it felt like we should be getting into like the, the final swing and i'm like w- why is there 40 more minutes of this and i felt yeah. those 40 minutes so yeah a bit of a slog which yeah you know it was a slog in a different way from like the bad directed video movies this was more of a slog in kind of a bloated way where i just wasn't that mm. into it and it's a shame so uh we'll get into the meat of it then full spoilers mm-hmm. from this point on for hellraiser 2022 you have been warned um we'll get into it uh, the first thing i mm. want to talk about is like they kind of swap out the sexual pleasure i mean obviously it's in there a little bit at the start with like mm. you know with the the rich guy who's the actor from timeless that is he's, he's a good actor uh, to be fair um timeless what's that tv show on nbc the last last yeah. couple of seasons time travel show uh he was like the the sort of villain but maybe he's not that villainous guy on that uh but he uh he's this rich guy here who's been like paying and hunting down the limit lament configuration and he's kind of like designed his mansion to have you know special lamentish parts and stuff right yeah. but I, the- I wasn't sure like was this was this supposed to be kind of like um to me it seemed like maybe there was some like uh, illusions or maybe inspired by like epstein or, or something a little bit like uh just the way they have like you know this like rich guy who you know it's not an island but he seems to have like you know his own little private like you know secluded getaway and then he has this like woman working for him that seems to like you know get people uh for him like i don't know if that was like intentional or not uh, I never, I never thought of that. Uh, but I could see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe they pulled some inspiration mm-hmm. for that. Uh, but other than that, though, it kind of shifts to our main character, uh, Riley, who is like we find out that she's been eating twelve steps and things like that, and she's got a drug problem. Mm-hmm. We see her taking pills a couple of times in the movie, and she's still drinking. And basically, so is that where you're getting at? Where they they traded like the sexual, yeah, because kind of pleasures for addiction. It was probably on the nose, to be honest, because yeah. when you get towards the end of the movie and, um, you know, the Pinhead's talking about how, you know, there are new sensations to show you. And I think at one point Pinhead says to the, the villain guy, uh, the rich dude, that once you've reached a new threshold or passed a new threshold, you can't actually go back. All you can do is search for an even greater threshold. And mm-hmm. that felt like to me she was describing drug addiction and, like, you're sure. reaching for that, that bigger high. And... You know, the, the movie ultimately builds up to Riley turning down the offer to bring her brother back mm-hmm. uh, because she knows that, like, making a deal with them is agreeing to a new, like, level of drug of sensation. And that, mm-hmm. basically, her involvement of this has just gotten everyone around her hurt or killed. And that's, like, you know, mm-hmm. so I think it's all an allegory for, for being a drug addict. Um, I think this is something that uh, Evil Dead 2013 did way better <laughs> as far as, like, analogies sure. go. Uh, yeah. but I, I think that is and that's the intention and it's it's there um i think if the character was 
I, I think the character in this is a little tough to take at times because mm-hmm. it's one of those movies where she keeps having to make kind of like bad or dumb decisions for the, the plot to progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it hard to like her. Uh, like she... Yeah. I, I think in Evil Dead 2013, to compare this particular part of it, I think <laughs> Mia in that film, when she... Obviously, when she's possessed, she's possessed. But the idea mm-hmm. is that she's someone... You know, if you go with the allegory, she's someone else when she's taking substances. And she becomes this awful person. And mm-hmm. the people and how they care about her is what you really want. Uh, what, what makes you really, like, root for her to try and get through it. And you're kind of like, oh, this is all about how this destroys everyone else around her kind of thing. Uh, in this yeah. movie, um, every time in the first, like, 20, 30 minutes that she gets into an argument with her brother who's, telling, who's like, telling her off for, like, going to, like, dodgy boyfriend's places or acting up or, like, are you drinking again? Are you on something? Every fight they have is so tedious to sit through. Um, mm-hmm. Partially, I think his acting is not that great, like I mentioned, but mostly it's just very unlikable and unpleasant. Instead, instead of feeling like, oh, he cares about her, so I'm kind of rooting for her because I kind of like him and like I can sort of sense the love. Instead, it just mm-hmm. feels really unpleasant and kind of whiny. And maybe that's more realistic, but it doesn't make me get sure. you know engaged with the characters and want to root for them in a movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I really didn't care about this uh, at all. I, I think it's a pretty tired metaphor. Uh, I'm starting to get really sick of. It feels like we've had so many like horror as metaphors for like, like years and years now. Like you know, Evil Evil Dead. You know, 2013 did a, a good job of it. I agree. I like. I think, you know, that was a one that like. I handled it and executed it well and there have been others that you know have, have done it good but like it, if you're gonna do the whole metaphor thing like you, you just have to i don't know, have like a stronger viewpoint uh, or just you know more engaging characters or something because if you don't then it, it just is like this extra kind of annoyance to me where it's like all right i see what you're trying to do but i just don't care like the whole addiction story you know uh to this just it did nothing for me and yeah yeah the the cat honestly the ensemble cast they kind of feel like they're out of a different era it feels like a, a cast mm-hmm. from like a 2005 movie or something sure you know that's kind of how i felt about them in a, in a weird way uh yeah. yeah and it does you know it takes a long and i don't mind a slow burn if it's engaging i don't mind a slow burn if mm-hmm. like, i'm intrigued but we have like the character having to like, investigate everything and we as the audience already know a lot more because it's a sequel right? mm-hmm. yeah. so if you've ever seen a hellraiser movie before maybe this is kind of intriguing but ultimately I, like they weren't the worst versions of these tropes don't get me wrong but you know they go to see the woman who used to like collect victims for the rich guy and that leads to a Google search, which leads to breaking into his mansion where all his documentation is. And she's like looking through his journals. Every, like all these parts, I kept feeling like, I understand why logically this is here and why this is the direction the movie took. But goddamn, if I do not give a shit about anything that's happening in any of these scenes, because it's just the same old crap that I've seen in every, you know, horror yeah. movie with a supernatural element where they research it in some way. This has like three versions of the trope back to back to back and the investigation side of this is never interesting it has to be mysterious i have to not know and i have to be like really like wowed by the mystery for this to work in Mm -hmm. any way and i already know all well most of it anyway you know like yeah and it it also feels like so much of it was like 
back and forth like they would go somewhere and then they would go back and then they'd have to go there again like it'd be like uh all right we got to go to the shipping uh container uh shipping yard uh and then oh we have to find out who owns it all right so we'll go to this person and then this person says that this guy owns it so then we'll go to his house and then like oh no like something happens we got to get away from the house and then oh no we get lost so we gotta go back to the house it just uh yeah it felt like it's constantly going back and forth and then the I, I don't know if maybe you can explain this uh if you know it maybe if it's not as sloppy as i think but there's so much that riley is doing to end up where she ends up but then you just find out that her boyfriend was like in on it the whole time and he like was supposed to the big plot like, twist <laughs> yeah like like he was supposed to lead her here anyway he's like working, as a sacrifice yeah he's working for the rich guy uh because the rich but, guy just to set this up mm -hmm. so everyone knows what's mm -hmm. going on so the rich guy the, the lament configuration like has like seven forms i think it was so every mm -hmm. time it's used and it cuts someone that person sacrificed and the cenobites come and take them and then if you get to the seventh one you get granted like a a wish of sorts a wish. right uh <laughs> what do you wish or as the you wish, wish. Master comes. <laughs> <laughs> um and he did this but w when he got what he asked for they, they gave him this weird contraption in his body that hurts him and like because they think this is pleasure and he's like no this is yeah. horrible <laughs> so he's been paying this guy who's like riley's shitty boyfriend to get victims for him to basically do it again so he can get to the seventh sacrifice and then ultimately he'll get t t his plan is to ask for it to be reversed right that's his whole plan <laughs> But yeah, what you're getting at though is that he hands off the bo the the box to her early on when they first mm -hmm. find it. He he you know he pretends that they're just stealing something valuable, mm -hmm. and they find the lament configuration. And he's like, "You hold on to it just now, and I'll try and like see if we can sell it somewhere." But then mm -hmm. everything like almost every time the box is opened and like cuts someone happens when she's on her own or she accidentally <laughs> does it to someone or the box yeah. you know does the thing and then someone you know whatever right so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything sort of happens just kind of, like, in happenstance but, when she yeah. has it, yeah. But it's like, okay, so if his job is to bring, like, victims to this guy, like, why didn't he, like, just, like, provide her with more information? Be like, oh, you know what? Uh, I know who owned this uh, container or this box. It was this guy, so we should go to his mansion instead of, like, you know, her basically finding everything out on her by herself and then I just think, luckily you know she ends up there anyway well i think the idea is right because the introduction to these characters is they're having sex and while they're having sex Ooh, for you know like the extended you know scene for like a minute and there's mm -hmm. the change position halfway through and she's like you know harder harder he's like is this hard enough he blurts mm -hmm. out i love you and it's this awkward moment where they kind of stop mm -hmm. and he's like oh i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that I think mm -hmm. the implication is is that he actually doesn't want to kill her and he feels bad that he's doing this. Cause that's why, he, like, before okay. before they go mm -hmm. into the warehouse, he keeps, like, saying, hey, sure you want to do this? He keeps, like, almost trying to give her an out. So yeah. I think the idea is, is that he chickens out and, like, sort of gives it to her, thinking, oh, nothing will happen and I'll try and think of, mm -hmm. like, a solution to this in the meantime. Instead, mm -hmm. all of this stuff happens. I think that's what he means at the end. He's like, oh, this wasn't supposed to happen when he's lying there uh, okay. out. I think that's the, the implication. Admittedly, if you're going to make me like feel sympathetic for this kind of half villain that he actually mm -hmm. cares about her and it has been trying to save her because he didn't want to do anything to her, they did mm -hmm. not a good job of making me want to give a shit about him the entire time. Sure. You know, like <laughs> yeah. for this to work, I have to feel this sense of okay, he's sort of like trying to make up for everything he's done by trying to save her. Mm -hmm. 
But I never really mm-hmm. felt that. In fact, he just kind of feels shitty the whole time. Like at one point when <laughs> uh, they're all at the mansion, you know, the, the, the other, you know, the, the, the brother's boyfriend shows up mm-hmm. with uh, the roommate uh, lady. They all show up to the mansion and they're separated for a bit and he starts rummaging through the bar and he's like, hey, roommate girl, do you want a drink? Mm-hmm. And she says, oh no, we, don't, we choose not to drink in front of Riley because she's, you know, because she's an addict. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, really? I'll go into another room now and drink. You know, he's, he's just a <laughs> shitty asshole the entire time. Like, he does, yeah. he shows things that he cares about her, but he's also just kind of like, he's very much that troubled boyfriend that, yeah, he's a bad influence. Mm-hmm. It's just going to make her life worse. Like, she probably, like, it's her choice. She's an adult, but at the same time, you know, she's making the wrong one <laughs> kind of thing. And this might sound a little egotistical, but I think I could fix him. <laughs> him? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, like if we were dating, I think I could, you know, like bring oh. out the good in him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know that this doesn't quite strike me though as the the good girl who thinks she can fix the bad guy trope. This is more. No, no. Yeah. But I'm saying that's what I would. That's do. what you would do. Okay, you would yeah. fix him. Okay. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix you one of these days. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my! I don't even know how to take that. Uh, so, yeah, like, I, I didn't really feel very much for the relationship or the twist mm-hmm. that he is actually working for the bad guy the whole time. It just mm-hmm. kind of landed with a bit of a thud for me, and I just kind of like, eh, okay, I guess. Why not? Uh, by then you don't really care yeah. about what's going on. <laughs> but, yeah, by then I was I was kind of out of it. I, like, it's tried to make up for, like, the lack of mystique, which is excess, like, gory deaths, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. with the, you know, skin being ripped off and all sorts, and, uh, the fact, honestly, which I guess, fa- to be fair, I didn't mind, like, I thought no, most no, of the death I, scenes were entertaining. I didn't mind them being there, but it, it kind of felt a little hollow or whatever, like, honestly, mm-hmm. the best visual of the whole movie for me was, um, when the roommate girl gets accidentally trapped in the wall, because there's, there's a lot of weird gates and trap doors all over the place, mm-hmm. that, and there's all these switches to, like, trigger them and she ends up behind the wall so she's like in the walls and mm. like the the shitty boyfriend would try to like flip the switches to get her out and she sees what it turns out later to be the villain right the human bad mm-hmm. guy but he obviously looks kind of cenobite in silhouette because he's got this weird mechanical thing like on him so there's a mm-hmm. shot of him like in silhouette in this sort of like tunnely looking area uh and i say tunnel because it's got like an arch over the like so it's like a very yeah. narrow in between the walls kind of area and there's like enough light coming from behind him that when he starts kind of like moving kind of awkwardly down towards her, I thought, oh, that's actually like a really cool like Silent Hill-esque visual that I just got. I thought, okay, well, maybe the movie's mm-hmm. picking up. Maybe we're going to get more stuff like that. Honestly, after that point, like every time the Cenobites showed up, it was just kind of boring the way they walked into the scene. Like, it never yeah. felt like they had a good entrance. Um, I'm not particularly impressed with the, you know, so the... The roommate girl has been like pricked by the the box, and mm-hmm. they're they're taking her out to the van. They've got her on the back, and they're trying to like drive her away from the mansion. And it does this effect where you know, at least in her mind, she sees the van kind of stretch out into like uh like basically in between the walls again. It's kind of like that narrow alleyway mm-hmm. kind of look. And you know, Pinhead walks up, and the other Cenobites are there. She gets chained. The chains come out and grab her, and it's all fine. Um. And then they, they kill her by, like, just, like, ripping off, like, the entire back of her skin. Like, and she just, like, falls to the, the ground. They also, uh, I, I think she, like, takes, like, a pin out mm. and, like, puts it through her throat. And then you get, like, this POV from inside her throat, which was kind of cool. 
Yeah. I actually didn't like that very... I, you know, I thought that was a bit... Because obviously it's just a CG effect of the... You know, the I didn't mind it. Yeah. Throw, I don't know, it just looks a bit gimmicky to me. Uh, but, you know, so, so she dies and uh, like in the van it's just like a blood spatter. She's not there anymore. <laughs> And it kind of, like, it, it, it just, it, it, I was like, okay, so are we doing, like, a Freddy Krueger style take in this now where they can come and get you no matter where you are? You don't have to even be dreaming, but, like, that idea mm-hmm. that you're just not safe anywhere. But then when they go back to the mansion, they go in the mansion, the, all the gates come down, you know, this guy's built this, like, he, like he, he knows, I don't know if it's, like, the the design of these metal bars or if it's mm-hmm. the, the metal it's made of, but, like, it it, it, it works against Cenobites. They can't walk through it. So it's actually protecting them from the Cenobites, so they're all outside. So we actually get these shots of, like, six Cenobites hanging out outside, just kind of chilling and waiting uh, <laughs> so, until they can come in. Um, like, from that point on, it, it, the, the idea of them coming and getting to you, almost like in a dream like Freddy Krueger, never mm-hmm. really happens again or matters again. It's just kind of, like, a dropped element that doesn't really... You know, it feels like you set them up to be this powerful, and then I guess the the, the house is stopping them from doing it. But at the same time, it's like, well, you introduced it. Like, surely it has to have a payoff that you're, you've introduced this mechanic, mm-hmm. and it, it never does. In fact, the mechanic they do set up, though, is that the Cenobites can count as one of the victims for the box. I hated this so much. I That's thought this was so <laughs> dumb. Like, uh, yeah, it, it just totally neuters them, like, you know, because there's such these like scary, imposing figures, but then it's like, oh yeah, all you got to do is really just kind of prick them once, because yeah, the, uh, they're gone. The, the one that I always call a nemesis one because he's got like a nemesis style mouth, but he's, he's yeah. the, the chatterer is the uh, the, the yeah. official title. Um, mm-hmm. Who was a lot less bulky in this? He was a lot skinny. In fact, they were all quite skinny to be honest. That was kind of their theme. Mm-hmm. That, like, all the centipedes were really skinny, um, <laughs> but the. He, yeah, he's like butterball in this one. <laughs> yeah, after the the girl dies in the van, like the other three start running, and they're they're basically just being stalked by him as if it's like a slasher movie, which I didn't like because I was like, this is not Hellraiser. What are you doing? This is like <laughs> this is just a, a generic slasher style moment. But they end up like sort of like behind this cage or gate or whatever it is, and he's trying to get mm-hmm. to them, and she turns and stabs him with the the the, the little blade that's coming out of the box, and mm-hmm. he looks down, and then the chains come out and grab him from the trees. And then he just explodes. And it's like, wait, that counts? That counts as the next victim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's so dumb. I, I, it's like, yeah, because then it's just like, okay, like, I don't know, it's just like way too easy to defeat them. And then it's like, also, oh, so like, why wouldn't you just do it to like all of them now? Because, you know, they this ending section, like, they don't really feel like very dangerous because they kind of like just come at you you know like Mm. they just and you know they're just pretty much like coming at you like in a straight line and it's like okay so just hold out the box with the blade and they'll just like run into it and then like problem solved it's not like that scary yeah it it neuters them i I would describe them as being completely jobbed out and then Mm -hmm. yeah the rest of them just like if it becomes a plot point where part of riley's plan after this is like Let's open the door and I'll stab one of them because it will count. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so so they actually intentionally let them in. And normally, mm-hmm. like, I like horror characters figuring out the rules and then using them to revive. Mm-hmm. I love that typically. But this rule was so stupid and just felt like, why did why did they count? They're not like a living person. They're not a soul or yeah. they're not whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um like would this um, work on Pinhead? Like, what happens if you if you do it to all of them? Like, does the box just stop working yeah. because there's no centipedes left to run it? <laughs> like yeah it, it, it's very dumb and like like I, I i do like the idea of 
you know, them figuring out a way to, you know, defeat them. And obviously in like, you know, the other movies, like they figured out how to use the box to, you know, defeat them. Like, like, you know, usually it is you, you figure out how to like, you know, solve the puzzle box to kind of return them to their dimension, which, you know, I think is fine if they want to do something like that. But I don't know, it's just not cool or interesting to just basically turn it into a weapon that like you just have to like stab them one time just a little bit and then like yeah it was so dumb with the the other centibite like it's stuck in the door like i don't know it reminded me of like <laughs> like something like jar jar binks or something would do like <laughs> where like this like really like silly thing where it's like yeah. oh why like why is the but scary bad guy like just stuck in a door now <laughs> Yeah, like they, they basically close one of the trap gates uh, while it's walking through and it gets trapped in the middle mm -hmm. to the point where later on, uh, Riley crawls underneath its legs <laughs> to get through to the other side. And it's not even presented like a tense moment where she might get grabbed if, you know, because yeah. you can reach her. It's just like, oh, she does that, like, no problem. There's like no tension in it. Um, yeah, so they're just like so not a threat in this last section. It's very strange where like, you know, versus if you look at like their first appearance at the start, you know, of the movie, I thought that was, like, very effective and, like, you know, it was a little, like, weird and creepy When and, you say the stuff. start, are you talking about the, uh, the, the lady in the nursing home? The, the one that used to work for the rich guy? Even before that, I think, like, when they first show up in, like, the playground, like, you know, it's a short section, like, you know, they don't, like, kill her or oh, whatever. okay, but... yeah, yeah. Well, they just... I don't know, I, I had a kind of a problem with them just having these, like, jump scare moments where she turns around and there's a centibite there but then it disappears. Like, it, it was it was sort of treating it like, uh... Mm. You know, like a any generic supernatural movie where you see a ghost for a second. Um, see, I, I don't really mind it because, like, it, it would have felt cheap to me if it was, like, they turned around and, like, you know, it was right there and then they let out, like, a big music sting or scream or something like that. Then it would feel like a cheap jump scare. But I kind of like how they would always be, like, kind of far off in the distance. So, you know, it, it's just at first when you don't even know what they are, you're just kind of looking out like, what is that thing? Is that are they here for me are they looking at me like is this dangerous like i like that yeah it was you know you don't really it, there's a kind of otherworldly quality to it that uh i liked at first but yeah so there's a <laughs> there's a one point where i thought it was going to really use the first movie's like plot and like sort of turn into <laughs> like do, you know doing something with it because they basically like make it a you know, they sort of like reference the idea that like to get her brother back like she'll have to like sacrifice people and i'm like oh that's kind of like mm -hmm. the first movie because that's what you know uh frank and uh oh sure yeah. what's her face we're doing um mm -hmm. instead it becomes this thing where she's like oh if we get to the final form of the box i can ask for something and maybe i can get my brother back and she feels mm -hmm. guilty because she was kind of shitty to him and like she, she he you know he died because of her which again plays into the whole the allegory of like the addict like someone gets hurt because of them because they're not mm -hmm. uh of sound mind or whatever um mm -hmm. so but then it kind of becomes this thing where uh, she is given, like, she actually gets pricked herself with the box. Mm -hmm. And Pinhead shows up, you're like, okay, that's it then. She's next. Like, she has to take her. And Pinhead basically just waves it off and says, you know what? No, like, we could take you, but we want you to finish what you started. So as long mm -hmm. as you give us someone else, we won't take you. Like, you. You give us two more. We need two more to finish the set. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, the, so the, the next the centibite the, the prick counts as the sixth one and then the mm -hmm. final one it's like oh the roommate who's like the nice oh, another roommate sorry the, the the brother's boyfriend right who's like the mm -hmm. nice ish guy and 
she's like doesn't want him to go and he's been he's been stabbed with it and the cenobite who's got like the the arch above her head i'll say <laughs> i don't know what else to, how else to describe <laughs> her because there's one that's like her, their face is completely covered with skin so they're kind of blind mm-hmm. and it's almost like they're in a straight jacket walking around which makes them really unthreatening to be honest i'm like what, what can it do no i can't touch you or bite you <laughs> but uh she's like wait a minute pinhead said and they don't use the word pinhead obviously but right, P- yeah. pinhead said that you know like it was me or another or it was them or mm-hmm. another and it's like this moment of realization wait the shitty boyfriend who like basically started Ooh, all this yeah. he's sitting right there <laughs> so she stabs him and he gets you know taken to hell or whatever and mm-hmm. that that finished and you know we get the big you know the leviathan you know thing coming down in the sky mm-hmm. and it's like the hell stuff uh and would you would you believe that the rich asshole didn't get what he wanted he instead just gets a giant chain goes through him and he gets taken mm-hmm. up to become a cenobite basically shocking yeah i know <laughs> i love guess him. yeah uh but yeah the big narrative thing at the end is that riley turns down the offer because pinhead's like hey you could you know accept our our thing and you know and she's like no mm-hmm. like i've realized that every like you promise pleasure, but all you actually give is pain. All you actually do is these other things. And I'm like, yeah, she's talking about drugs. She's talking about her addiction. She's talking about these things. That's what it all represents. You yeah. Know? Which is fine. It's a fine analogy. It, 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 you know, it's, I don't have a problem with that being an idea. I, I have a problem with the characters in the film. I have a problem with how dull mm-hmm. it is to go through and how it actually just kind of neuters all the Cenobites and turns them into generic villains. And... That's the thing. You were saying, oh, it makes them all non-threatening. But in a weird way, like I don't necessarily want them to be threatening. Like They should feel threatening in the sense that they've got an aura, that they're, you know, they've, they've mm-hmm. got this presence and intimidation. But like if you're going to turn them into generic, like hunting down the humans' monsters, which they shouldn't be, but if you're going to do that, right. then they have to be threatening. So you, you turned mm-hmm. them into that and then made them not threatening as well. So they don't even work. Like... Hellraiser 3 is not a good movie, but at least when it turns into like a, just a, a typical sort of pinhead and his buddies are going to kill all these people, at least they're going through a club massacring people in silly ways. And you can just yeah. kind of get into the, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they're actually this intimidating force that's going to kill everyone there because they're pissed. They're pissed that they've been locked up in the box or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, they, no, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I don't like that the ending... Like, I understand, like, how you're saying, like, that's the, you know, thematic, uh, you know, tying a bow on everything kind of ending that she, you know, decides to overcome her addiction and just leave it alone. But uh, story-wise, though, I don't know, I, I think it's, like, so dumb that, like, you can just walk away from the Cenobites and they're just like, okay, like, you got us, you chose nothing, so we'll leave you alone now, bye. Like, you know... Because it's just, like, always been a thing that, like, even, you know, like, in the first movie and stuff, when, you know, like, Kirsty like, accidentally summons them, like, she doesn't mean to, but they're still, like, who cares? Like, we're going to take you, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, because, like, that's the thing. It's, like, and that's kind of, like, you know, the danger of it, where it's, like, you know, you're screwed. Like, they're going to take you anyway. They don't care. Like, you don't just get to walk away from it, even if it's, like, an accident or whatever. So, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a, a weak ending. Um that she's just like, all right, well, <laughs> see ya. I, I don't care. I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with you. And they're like, okay, uh, those are the rules. You know, we we gotta respect it. <laughs> like, I mean, right. that's the thing for the analogy to work. It, it has to be like this because it's the like, she can mm. turn away. She can leave it behind and yeah, you know, walk away. 
uh which you know uh, it's not the, like i don't have the biggest problem with that element of it um my, my like because i'm not engaged with the characters and i don't care about them and because it's a bit long and dull and i found myself feeling i don't know you know it was feeling tedious and the problem with that is that it feels just kind of miserable without like like misery is okay if it's engrossing and you're like you feel like you're in this spiral or something like that right you know it's got this yeah. momentum you can tell you can do a dark story a, a dark horror story and you know many horror movies are pretty miserable they're not necessarily like fun or light-hearted or or yeah. whatever a great example of that would be the uh movie misery <laughs> that's actually pretty darkly funny a lot of the time to be honest i don't mind you saying <laughs> sure. you're, you're cracking a joke but it's actually quite a funny movie at times um sure. <laughs> But yeah, you know, this is you're know, going for this oppressive kind of tone. But the the problem is, is that like, if you're at, aren't actually captivating my like you know mystery senses, and I'm I'm not like feeling the intimidation and stuff, it's just kind of like well, I I don't even get to enjoy it as a as a there's no there's no fun to be had either. On top of it being you know, all the other things that it's not doing right, so uh, that, that's kind of my bigger problem with that. Um, yeah, the final scene as well is uh, so so evil guy goes up and we actually get this scene where he's being like, por- like pulled apart and he's being mm. like he's he's like strips of his cheeks have been ripped back and uh, it's it was very like visual and there's you know you're seeing just all these horrible things happen to him. Um, mm. It felt I don't know like it, it felt a bit try hard to me. I, I don't know if you feel that way i'll be honest i i kind of liked it i don't know i like, thought I it was kind of cool it didn't bother me that much well i didn't hate it but it just kind of felt like yeah. it was trying really hard to i don't know just i i think well like well, part of the thing that i liked about it uh which yeah would probably be different uh from you is i don't know it it kind of reminded me of like something i would have seen in like one of the hellraiser comics like i don't know just mm. something about like the visual style uh I don't know, it just seems like something I, I would have seen there. So I know that, that kind of like, you know, <laughs> piqued me uh, a, a little bit. Because I think, um, what I think feels so disgusting about uh, Frank in the first movie when he's starting to come back and he's just this like skinless thing walking around mm-hmm. is like every time he touches something, he leaves like blood on it and it just, it has this yeah. kind of grossness to it. Whereas this, this oddly didn't feel gross. It felt like I was watching, well, I mean, obviously it was CG or whatever, but it felt like mm-hmm. I was almost watching like a claymation <laughs> because it was, everything was so dry it, it, like where's all the blood squirting because his skin's been ripped off <laughs> no that that's a very good point yeah it does kind of look weird <laughs> i definitely agree to that yeah i don't know it's it a bit uh a bit, mm. a bit odd uh there is like one cool looking new centibite but it's like missing its jaw and it's kind of it's, its arms are kind of split into two on either side mm-hmm. did you not notice this one uh, I don't know. It might have. It, it was very like a it was like, dark, <laughs> hard to see. I mean, this was actually quite. A, it was like an almost black cenobite. It looked very mm-hmm. uh, like black in complexion. So I, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, but it, 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 you see it in the hospital scene early on, and then you see it a couple times. You know, in the, the big chunk towards the end. Uh, you don't see his arm. The fact yeah. that his arms are kind of split into like two, though, and mm-hmm. uh, until near the end, because you don't get like a good shot of it until then. But. Uh, I thought that was an okay. That was a cool yeah. new design. Some of the other ones just feel like kind of rehashes of like you know. Well, most of them, yeah, seem to be just kind of like slightly updated takes on yeah, you know the originals. Um, I I will give credit to I, I think uh you know Jamie Clayton did a really good job as Pinhead. I liked 
you know, whenever she had to like deliver the lines, I thought there was a lot of like gravitas and like felt like a, like very, like her performance like felt per very powerful to me. Um, so like I didn't really necessarily like you know maybe where like some of the story beats went, but I did enjoy pretty much any time she was on screen or saying something. Yeah, she carried the role quite well. Uh, like you know. As you kind of alluded to there, some of the stuff she actually ends up saying I didn't like, but but that's yeah. you know, not the performance. That's just like what they're having Pinhead say. Uh, I will say, I mean, the one thing that did look better that I would say is actually just a net positive is that the mm -hmm. Lament configuration itself looked heavier and like like it had weight mm -hmm. to it in a way that I don't mm -hmm. think any of the other movies I've ever had. It looked it was made of stone, you know. Yeah. Uh, and part of that was the sound effects, but uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for yours? Just wait. Yeah, you're saying it didn't. It didn't feel like this. But here's here's the thing. I feel I feel like most of the movies, even the first one to an extent, do look kind of like ah, oh, they look a bit flat and waste. They look a box with a texture as opposed to like this actual yeah. intricate mm -hmm. stone design that changes and shifts. Um, so and that's not entirely true because obviously they do have practical ones that do shift to something in the original mm -hmm. movie. But how how did you feel about the? I guess the the new kind of conceit where like there there's different configurations and like with each sacrifice it'll change to a, a different one uh, so I'll, I'll say for me i thought it was kind of interesting but i i guess it's kind of hard to say because i didn't like where the story went but i i didn't think this idea was a bad one i like yeah i didn't have a problem yeah. with the sh the, the uh, changing to different shapes itself uh, and it made mm -hmm. for a kind of a fun reveal at the start because you think you see the, the the cube and then it the camera comes up and you see, oh no, it's this longer thing that looks like it's been made by the same people. But then obviously mm -hmm. later on you realize, oh, it's no, it turns into this shape uh, after, you know, some tomfoolery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I have a problem with the shape changing itself. I think my problem is like this whole seven stages and then you get to like make your, your wish. It felt like this is a, such a sequel thing to do is to add this lore to like give it like a, yeah. you know, a direction when it doesn't necessarily line up with what you've seen in the, the previous film. And in this case, it's just the first couple mm -hmm. you really care about, like, comparing it to. Like, obviously, they're going mm -hmm. to ignore the rest of them, as they should. Like, they should not be thinking at all about those. Yeah, and the, and I don't like the idea of, like... It doesn't matter uh, if you solve it. It just matters who you stab with it. <laughs> like, that was kind of dumb to me. Because, like, yeah. yeah, part of it is that, like, it's a puzzle box, so it's, like, you're committing to it, you're, like, solving this thing that summons these creatures, it, but... It, yeah, it felt a bit simplified uh, to have it be this blade that you could literally stab anyone with, and that would, yeah. you know, make them the person who's who's going to get taken by the Cenobites. Yeah, it felt yeah. it felt like such a, a, a convenient little device to... Plot device, I mean, to to have it like affect everyone else around her again to fit with the allegory that we're going for as opposed to it being her herself that's getting taken yeah and then it just feels like you're just sacrificing people versus like you know the first movie where the whole thing is like you know this box is supposed to be like this unobtainable pleasure that like mm. you know the most uh like you know kind of greedy or you know unsatisfied people like have to seek it out and you know attempt to solve it versus here where it's like okay like what what's the point if you can just like stab anyone that doesn't deserve it that you know like why do the cenobites want these people that are you know like not asking for it or whatever like it just feels like you're a generic demon that wants like sacrifices which is dumb it, to me it also gives the movie a body count 
which I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I associate. I mean, obviously, people die in the original Hellraiser, but I don't. Associate, it never felt like a slasher movie where there's people there right, just right, to be yeah. the next victim. Whereas with this, it felt like they were following the formula of we need a, we need a death by this point in the script. We need another yeah. death here. <laughs> so here's these other characters that can die one by one, kind of thing. Uh, which obviously I like in other movies, but like it, it felt like it just a, like a, a simplification and dumbing down what Hellraiser is to make it appeal to like a broader audience. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, which kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you m- you mentioned underwhelming before. I think that's like a a perfect way to describe this movie because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it, it had like a lot going in into it, you know, like the you know there's a very good director behind it that had you know two previous you know pretty successful effective movies. Like you know, I'm not saying that you know those movies don't have their faults uh, as well, but. Yeah, I, I think this was still like an exciting director when you hear that he is, you know, doing this movie, you know, oh, you kind this, of perk up. You're like, okay. This is easily his weakest. Of the three movies I've seen of him, this is easily the weakest. I agree, yeah. Easily. There's not even a question in my head. Um, mm-hmm. I said, Joe, it reminded me of a little bit in the last chunk when all the, the trap doors were coming down and it was like trapping Cenobites in places. I What's was that? getting <laughs> such like the, the 13 Ghosts like remake from the 2000s oh, yeah. <laughs> i was getting so many of those but and that's not a movie that i want to be reminded of uh may i add <laughs> like it was giving me those vibes like this as much as i kind of like the actor like this rich evil guy who's been looking for all this shit like when they first teased him with this like device in his chest and he's in like the, the walls i was like oh shit like give me this weird like um steampunk horror like like guy and like mm-hmm. I, I you know i was like my mind was going but by the time it got to the end it just it felt like a generic villain in that type of movie mm-hmm. that's like he's you know he's the, the rich guy who's been looking for the secret to eternal life and it just made mm-hmm. me think of so many generic like movie villains especially in the 2000s where they're yeah. after the indiana jones style artifact that's going to you know like i don't know it was it was <laughs> bringing up a lot of really tropey generic stuff to me and it was i just i don't know everything just felt like it was losing its identity as a hellraiser movie uh, I will say it I was do... at least nice that the score gradually brought in the original movie's music. Oh yeah, yeah. as it went on, that, that was a okay touch. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, so I, I will agree with you uh, with the point that um, it, it it is cool in a movie when there is a grown man living inside the walls. Uh, I do agree that that is. Do you know what I actually thought cool. of the boy? See, see when <laughs> like she's in the walls and this guy's there, I'm like, holy shit, this is just dumb. Um, <laughs> it was Brahms. Oh man. But... You watch out if Brahms ever gets hold of the configuration, oh boy. <laughs> we're in for it then. Oh boy, that's what they call the third movie. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> the Brahms story concludes. The, the Cenobites just, just, you know, show up and Pinhead's like, you've summoned us and like, Brahms just like, looks at her and he's like, you know, bring it on. <laughs> start fighting. No, no, no. No, Brahms holds up the bit of paper with the rules. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're here to take care of me, Mister Mister Pinhead. Or Mrs. Pinhead, Pinhead just kind of tilts her head. She's like, "Rules? What? <laughs> oh man, what a great movie!" Um, yeah, I, WBB uh, needs to give us a call and uh, so we can oh, hash this out. Don't call him WBB. That's not. Uh, yeah, but I want to reiterate because I was describing the villain being this generic guy looking for eternal life, mm-hmm. and he's just this rich guy who can build, find the artifacts, and he's built this insane mansion and stuff, like. Just compare that to Frank, who is this, like, kind of, like, pervert murderer who wants to kill innocent people so that he can, like, mm-hmm. get bring come back to life because 
he he made this mistake and he's making like his evil girlfriend help him murder innocent mm-hmm. people it's like mm-hmm. so sick and depraved and nothing in this feels depraved it just feels more like a movie bad guy you know no i yeah i agree yeah like the, there's nothing that like like he should have been like creepier or like grosser or disgusting like um mm-hmm. like you're saying with frank like frank yeah i mean obviously he's like you know very like skinless and gross but even like that stuff aside like he feels like super gross and perverted when he's you know like talking to Kirsty and saying like it's uncle frank come to daddy like you know like th- that stuff is so gross but yeah like this guy here um like you said he's just like a generic like rich asshole guy and that you know there's not much uh to it and also it's like i mean i yeah i i'm sure like the device that's in his chest or whatever like is very painful and like they're saying it's constantly like stretching out or twisting his nerves or whatever and he can never you know get the chance to feel numb like okay like that's a cool idea but visually it looks like nothing like it just looks Mm -hmm. like he has like a thing through his chest like it doesn't look interesting or cool or painful um and and again the best that ever looked is the first time you see him in silhouette as soon as we see him that was cool yeah yeah in bright light and it's just like oh he's just got this thing sticking out the front and the back and he's just kind of like hunched over all the time it's like okay now he's not interesting anymore. once you actually see him i was like he looked i was like i don't know i'm not super familiar with the series but like it, it kept reminding me of like kingdom hearts like it feels like this would be <laughs> a bad guy in kingdom hearts or something oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 so much of this movie just makes me think of like the mid-2000s and like the bad movies that came out yeah yeah uh and not specifically the hellraiser movies that came out then <laughs> like more mainstream stuff that came out but mixed with a bad hellraiser movie it just yeah. happens to have some production value uh, one thing I will say is I, I didn't mind that the house was like a configuration as well. I think that was an interesting idea. Like, mm. I don't like the idea that it or I don't like the the way that it kind of neuters the Cenobites in the end or whatever. But um, I don't know, like visually, I, I thought it like looked cool. And uh, again, it's oh, something sure. that like, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I, I've seen like there'll be like well, similar it, visual stuff in the comics that I, I like too, but. They kind of did something like that at the end of the third movie, like that tease of this building that was like oh, right, yeah. built on top of where the, 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 the configuration was buried. And it looked like it was the architecture was all designed looking kind of like the, the design of the box. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they'll do interesting things with this. Um, and obviously, you know, the fourth movie went did what it did and we, we, we don't have to speak about <laughs> it. But um, like, yeah, I don't necessarily hate the idea of like, him building stuff around to like, that's based on the box and maybe that does do something to help amplify the power of it or something i don't know but it being mm-hmm. this like you know we can trap centipedes and it can block them yeah. you know, like salt with a was it like a witch uh-huh. cross salt or a ghost whatever it is yeah you know it's a I think, salt. Uh, according to hocus pocus too uh <laughs> witches can't <laughs> cross it there you go there you go I, I haven't had the pleasure yet of hocus pocus too but uh or is it the pain <laughs> <laughs> the pain of okay. well if you're if you're a centibite uh, both pain and pleasure are one and yeah. the same uh, were you not paying attention Timothy? <laughs> well it's not as much a, a point in this movie <laughs> uh, yeah, so i funny. guess they mention it a little bit but as you know yeah, we're quite far into this review uh we're you know 75 minutes in give or take and mm-hmm. i feel like we skipped over most of the first half of the movie yeah because I mean, there's not a lot to talk about it's that interesting it's not really you know it's a couple of fights with the brother it's uh her 
being thrown out and her leaving and then opening the box and then her brother finds her and gets pricked with it and then mm-hmm. you know they come and get him which happens kind of like mysteriously off camera which is you know it's which is fine that's kind of like it's meant to be like a mystery to her so it's sort of shown it from her perspective where mm-hmm. he just vanished and she doesn't yeah. know why um like mm-hmm. this is almost like impossible to do because you can't market it but like that would almost be more interesting if he'd if vanished mysteriously and we never saw the box and then it's a reveal halfway through that she finds the box and that's what he had mm-hmm. on him and it's like oh that's how he you know it's like it was a secret hellraiser movie that we didn't know about like oh yeah yeah That'd that be would be kind of that may be interesting but you know obviously they wouldn't do that because they want to call it hellraiser and market yeah. it as such and all that's good stuff well like i said uh you know, for a good while they were considering calling it Hulu Razor, but <laughs> yeah, but they, they changed their name because it sounded too much like Hula Hoop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what if, uh, if Hulu ever get like a basketball contract to air basketball? They should call it Hula Hoops. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, they're just leaving money on the table by not doing that. <laughs> um, not that it really matters, but I, I'm not even sure. Like, is this supposed to be? Uh, in continuity with the other movies, or I don't is it think like a so. No, nah, I think it doesn't matter. But like, yeah, I think they've yeah. said that it's just a completely new uh, lore. So if there's any inconsistencies with the first movie, that's mm-hmm. why. Uh, which is you know, so for anyone who might have already commented below saying that you know our, our complaints that it's it's changed these key things, we're saying that we don't like that it's changed because we don't think it works or is as interesting. Not because right, it's, yeah. it's like clashing with the continuity. Like, that's not the problem. I mean, yeah. As much as I like the first movie, I don't want to just see it redone again like you know obviously you know if you're going to do another movie you do want to find a unique angle to it the problem is is that the angles that they you know find in this movie just aren't really that interesting and don't really feel like you know in line with the kind of stuff that made the original so unique and entertaining and cool yeah i mean obviously it's not not anywhere near as bad as four through ten but the thing is is that it's still agree yeah it fundamentally still falls into the trap of doing these really generic like horror or like mystery tropes Mm -hmm. and that's all it does uh well for for a lot of it anyway and because of that it it doesn't have anything that makes you feel like hellraiser other than the fact that you've got the the box and you've got the the set Mm -hmm. of baits and a couple of key phrases you know that that's Mm -hmm. That's what made, you know, it's, it's that classic thing of like the tone of Hell, Hellraiser is probably the most important thing of what makes a Hellraiser. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing that none of the sequels really, maybe barring two, have really mm-hmm. managed or even tried to recapture. Like ha- having someone called Pinhead, honestly, is not that important to it being Hellraiser. No, no, <laughs> not at all. But that's that's what they all want to do. That's what they're all obsessed mm-hmm. with doing is having Pinhead because it looks yeah. good on the poster because it's the thing people recognize. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bit cynical, but it, like, I, I really was hopeful this was going to be good. Like, I sat down with the the, the fullest like wanting to like it intentions I could possibly have, and <laughs> it's slowly and I was fine for the first like twenty. You know, even though there's a couple of scenes I didn't mm-hmm. like, I was fine enough. But it just. It, it, by the time we got to all the investigation part of it, it really started to lose me. And then, I, I, you know, we've talked about all the things we don't like in the back half, pretty much. Yeah. And I, I could be, I could be wrong, but I do feel like we might be a, a bit on the contrarian because I, I think people liked it. Like, I mean, not like I read a ton of reviews, but just like from like you know people I follow on Twitter mm-hmm. and stuff, it seemed like you know people are excited about it and happy with it when it came out uh, that's, so. i think that's might fall into kind of the same thing where 
the people who are happy with um maybe not Ghostbusters Afterlife, but like something something like that, like mm. Uh, you know, people who are just happy to have the the new one. It's better than the, these other sequels, sure. so they're into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, some people obviously might be really rooting for it because it does have a, a trans actor in it, because it is a very inclusive cast. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of, like, real-world things to say, hey, you know, like, that's good that they're doing that, but sure, all, yeah. it doesn't affect the quality of the movie, ultimately. So, uh, you know, I'm yeah. not going to, like, factor that in when I'm judging the movie as a movie. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I've seen a sort of mixed response. I've seen people who really like it. Like I've seen that too, but I've also seen people mm-hmm. who are a bit meh on it. Which I would say I'm meh. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't say this is this isn't complete trash. It's just really generic and kind of dull. No, yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm. I, I think there are strong points to it that uh, I liked. Um, and I feel like a lot of people that watch it probably haven't seen like all the sequels. Like, um. You know, because even if, like, you're, you know, like, a horror fan, like, you know, some of the sequels are so, like, bad and below the radar, like, I, I feel like I haven't met a lot of people that have actually had the patience and, and uh, courage to, like, sit through all uh, ten of them. But, yeah, if you are like us and you have seen um, all the movies, yeah, this is, like, easily, uh, you know, above the majority of them. Like, I would very gladly take this over pretty much anything you know uh five and over uh maybe even four like even though it's four is bad but i it has some cheesy charm that i like but uh yeah most of the sequels are so god awful that just anything that's even like the barest minimum of quality is gonna look like gold i mean compared to a lot of them that is true but i also have no interest in watching this again sure yeah you know it was kind of a dull tedious experience and I, I i didn't really like it ultimately uh, you know it's not the worst thing ever but i didn't like it and mm-hmm. uh like i'm not as uh, like upset on a personal level like i was with halloween 2018 as a comparison but mm-hmm. I, I i do think maybe like there'll, there'll be a lot of crossover the people who like that and like that it brought <laughs> michael myers back but i don't think it brought him back properly uh kind of thing yeah you know <laughs> just having the center base having having cool kills will be enough for some people and some people will mm-hmm. maybe like the the things that i don't like about it and that's fine you know mm-hmm. if you like it then you're cool uh, and, and i'm happy sure. you enjoyed it but i <laughs> for <laughs> me this was a, a tedious experience and a bit of a bummer to be honest so i'm hoping that mm-hmm. the other things that i'm looking forward to watching the rest of this month that are coming out that i get to watch are, are good mm-hmm. and uh, don't disappoint me that'd be nice <laughs> hopefully all right, I guess it's time to read. High hopes for Halloween ends. <laughs> I wasn't meaning that one. Although that may be more, <laughs> more interesting, at least, shall, shall I say. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it's going to find a way to disappoint us, like by on both levels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... It won't be as insane and like mm-hmm. like I won't be as excited to like tear it to shreds like I did kills. So it'll be disappointing mm-hmm. on that level, but also disappointing as in it's also not any good either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's take me read. I think uh, the Hellraiser twenty twenty two. So, uh, Tim, what are you giving it? Uh, so again, uh, you know the not to be completely negative. You know, I, I do think there were you know some strong points that I liked. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I thought the movie did look good. It, it sounded good. You know, uh, again, Bruckner is a good director. I, I think, especially you know visually, you know he, he has a good style. Um, so it, it worked for me on that level. 
and uh, I, th I thought overall like the performances were good. Um, I didn't always like the characters, but uh, actually I thought the actor acting was you know good for the most part. And you know, not that I totally like disagree with you, but like stuff like the brother like didn't really bother me. I, mm. you know, if, if he's not a great actor, I honestly I didn't really notice it. Um, but I think like especially though, uh, you know, Jamie Clayton as uh, the as Pinhead, I I thought was really good. I super enjoyed it every time she was on screen, even though by the end of the movie, I didn't really like everything they were doing with the pinheads. Uh, I still enjoyed seeing her talk as this uh, character. It, again, it just felt like it had a lot of weight and gravitas to the performance that, um, yeah, I, I thought was really cool. So uh, on that level, uh, I liked it. And, you know, there's some entertaining kills and blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, and then, you know, like we just talked about, though, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tedious. It's underwhelming. Uh, it's too long. Uh, the story goes places that I just really wasn't interested in. I I feel like I could have forgiven a lot of it if the kind of last section of the movie didn't bother me so much with, um, like we we're saying, like how much it just kind of felt like it neutered uh, and made the Cenobites just feel so like unopposing and and like not really like threatening or dangerous like well, that's, the, that's the second problem the first problem is it turned them into just monsters that are hunting people that's problem yeah. number one mm -hmm. problem number two is you made them shit at it as well <laughs> yeah totally because <laughs> uh, yeah because like pretty much everything up until like that last little chunk like even though i don't think that the direction you should go in the hellraiser movie is to you know focus on the cenobites and the stuff like i i understand again they're very intoxicating and interesting so i understand why you'd want to do that but it, it always just usually ends up being a, a recipe for disaster but i mean regardless though i was enjoying them every time i was seeing until like we we're saying this last section here where i didn't like what they were doing with it um so yeah really i, I feel like i could have been a lot more forgiving um without this last part here uh but yeah I, I, again it, it just feels like a really mixed bag for me uh i'm not totally like oh my god, it sucks, it's garbage, uh, this is so bad, why did they make this? But at the same time, it's like, yeah, kind of, why did they make this? <laughs> it's not, like... Uh, Eloquently yeah, put, Tim, it, put. <laughs> it, It's not doing what I, I want to do with, uh, you know, uh, a Hellraiser movie. And it's a real shame because I remember, like, you know, years and years ago at this point, but there was a, a big, not even a rumor, I think it was, like, confirmed that, like, Clive Barker was working on... Uh, a new Hellraiser movie for a while. I don't think he was ever attached to direct it, but I believe he was writing the script. And then at some point, I guess that just fell through and we got the news. I think it was when we were doing you know, news segments on the show and stuff that David Goyer was uh, taking over the script. And yeah, uh, you can see the Goyery stuff in mm -hmm. here, uh, I feel like. Um, I honestly don't know like how bad David Goyer is or isn't like because he's done some movies that i like but I, I was talking to my friend about this but i'm assuming that like the movies that he's attached to that are good like you know the nolan batman and stuff that probably a lot of it is just nolan taking this kind of bones of a script and you know working his magic on it yeah um, at the very least he's got co-writers who are like talented filmmakers on on those whereas yeah uh all, all especially his horror work like it's all terrible like he did um yeah <laughs> what was that when gary oldman was in uh the unborn do i say something like that yeah, yeah that it, was oof. trash just actual yeah. trash 
And then I, I know you're not as big a fan, but I do like the um, the first two Blade movies, uh, which uh, I believe he wrote. I don't know if you know they had co-writers. I, I would imagine uh, Guillermo del Toro at least you know wrote it on the second one. But uh, yeah, he directed the third one, which is <laughs> so bad. Yeah, and this will but... be a controversial take, but he was also involved in writing Dark City, which I actually think is highly overrated. I hate that movie. <laughs> I uh, I like it quite a bit, but it's been like forever since I've seen it. Like I probably haven't seen it since. Yeah. Oh, high school, that's right. early college, it was, maybe. <laughs> it was the Unborn, but he also directed that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Much like he directed Blade Trinity. So I think there was, I think there was like some movie he did about like a kid that turned invisible or something. Uh, yeah. Writing or directing or or both, I suppose. Oh, well, is, it, both? is it called The Invisible? Because <laughs> that's sticking out. That must be it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was like, was it like a, a kid? I don't know if he died or was in a coma, but like he had to solve his own murder. I, I just remember it, uh, it being like super horrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're getting way off topic here. Uh, so you know, suffice it to say, again, mixed bag for me. Some positive stuff, um, more negative stuff than I was you know expecting uh so it's it's unfortunate because i did want to uh, root for it but i think at the end of the day i'm gonna give it a 5.5 it's you know not the worst thing in the world um better than the majority of the the sequels but yeah it's just missing um i've said that numerous the, times but it's really not yeah. saying much like it's almost uh, like irrelevant <laughs> at this point that's but, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean like if if you go and look at all the scores we gave all the hellraiser sequels like most of them are like twos <laughs> like two something i i would if i'm remembering correctly like maybe some threes <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's not a high average for this uh series in general yeah yeah um i i'm gonna go with us just a straight five i think um mm-hmm. obviously there's competency in like how it looks i do think it looks a bit too slick actually which kind of robs hell of mm-hmm. it feeling hellraiser but um it does have production value there is like some nice shots here or there um it's you know there's, there's it's it's competent in a lot of ways that aren't that exciting but you know you have to kind of acknowledge that it like it, it falls apart because it meanders and because it's it's, it's bloated and it, it takes too long to to do what it's doing and goes out of tropes but it's not like a complete train wreck uh mm-hmm. like bottom of the barrel like a lot of the other sequels are so i mean yeah it's probably still the fourth best one to me even <laughs> though i really didn't like it that much but yeah yeah there we go that's that's what it is it's, it's a five out of ten as far as mm-hmm. i'm concerned uh and that that'll bring us to an end of the of the discussion uh you know uh, i'll take this time to thank our patreon producers and the end of the franchise too oh end of the, well for now for now yeah i mean we'll see uh, i i'm interested I, I wonder if they're gonna release one of those things like the most you know uh first day views on hulu streaming uh that they say every time a new movie it <laughs> comes out they can uh, but... take their time a little one i am i'm no rush <laughs> to watch another hellraiser movie at this point <laughs> uh so yes thank you to our patron producers tyler hess and the pelicius david shortboard now christopher moy david brown al tradesman and allison m4 days uh they support us at the producer tier on patreon.com slash tv uh, you can support us over there for, for as little as $3 and get bonus goodies. Uh, you get bonus episodes at the lowest tier, and then you also get even more streams, which is a show where we talk about just all the movies we've been watching in, in the horror world. Um, those are both monthly, so if you want to get your hands on those, you can go support all the content and get some extras for your troubles. 
Um, otherwise, though, you can hit the super thanks button on YouTube or support us for free by simply liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications, sharing us out. We're at Screams Midnight on Twitter. Uh, and of course, you can rate us on podcast apps, you know, five stars, give us a review, that kind of thing. All of it does help. Uh, so we got some fun stuff still planned for October. So look forward to that. Um, it feels like to me, like the month is almost over because I feel like so much has happened. But we're only like 10 days in. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, I also, maybe because I'm, I'm like off for a week, uh, it also mm-hmm. probably feels like that's cutting off a big chunk yeah. of like the potential time remaining. But uh, do not worry, we got a couple episodes in the can for, for later mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, more to come. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. We will see you next time.